Broadcasting live from State Street and the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. A good karma brand's radio station. Hope everyone's having a great day. It's Carmen and Yurko. We're live on Twitch. Twitch.tv, download the Twitch app. You can watch us in the old National Bank State Street studio. Get involved in the chat there. We have a lot of people talking about the TV shows and movies from 97, movies in general, the great sequels. You can always hop in there and we'll read some of your comments. Uh, We're going to talk to Todd Furman live in Vegas in about 30 minutes or so, 35 minutes. Get some plays, including maybe something on tonight's Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco 49er divisional game out in Seattle where the Seahawks are a three-point intradivision home dog. And as I told you, this is the first like true road game in which they will not have any sort of home field advantage. I'm talking about the 49ers. This is their first like true road game since October 12th, if you can believe it. Is that what I said, York, or October 16th? Whatever it was, I can't October, remember. Mid-October. Mid-October, folks. October 16th. Because they did play one other road game in that span, but that was at L.A. where they are the home team. Make right. no mistake it about it. It feels like they are the home team. It's without question. And they're in Mexico. And then they played a neutral site game against By the way, you know there's Arizona no, and Mexico. There's no international game in Mexico next year. You know that already, right? I did not know that. They are redoing the stadium, getting ready for the 2026 for the World Cup. World Cup. Mm. So there's renovations happening down there. So there will not be a Mexico game next year. They're talking about having a second game in Germany. And there's real rumors that the Chicago Bears will be playing out there in Germany. Really? Where did you hear rumors. that? Is this I just breaking made news? them up. Oh. I just made oh, them don't, up. Don't do them There's a reason a rumor's a rumor. It's because somebody says something and somebody picks up on it, and it's not necessarily 100% the truth. Hence the word rumor. Yeah, but dude, don't, that, that's, if, you've never, if you haven't heard that and you're truly making it up, that's All not right. cool. Well, this is the what not's made up. I didn't make up the fact that Mexico is under renova- renovations. Right. I'm not making up the fact that there's probably going to be a second game in Germany. All right. I'm making up the so fact the that the Chicago be Bears there. are really being considered to play over there. I wonder if the league wants to get the Bears back overseas. When were they there last? That was the Raider game in 19, right? Wasn't that the last time the Bears were overseas? The Raider game in well, London? they got cooked, yeah. Uh, they had the lead. They blew it. Is that how that beat. game went? Yeah, remember that one? The yeah. Keen Hicks got beat up. Remember yeah. they beat up our defensive line? Yes. They ran the ball well. Richie Incognito was part of the Raiders at that point. So, and they were manhandling the Chicago Bears. You know, they and didn't... the last time they were there was in 12. Right, they were in ta- so against Tampa. 12, it was 19, and maybe it's time to go back now. I wouldn't mind a little uh, Bears trip back over to Europe. We were there in 2012 in London when they played Tampa. That was a fun trip. We had a good time. Yeah. I went to see Arsenal play Stoke City. When did they put a game in Italy? Uh, got to go to soon. that game. At the San Siro. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Why not? I would guess not as soon. In no. when, when I was there back in September... Nobody in Italy cares at yeah, all about NFL care. football. Yeah, they don't but, care. But do they in Germany, Chris? I mean, they, I think they, they do. do. Yeah, do they? they do in Germany. And and Remember I also they... saw some NFL gear in France. Right. Hmm. Uh, but when we were in Italy, I was trying to watch games on an NFL Sunday. It was the first weekend of the NFL season. Mm, that's the right. only place in uh, Sorrento that had an NFL game on was an English pub yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that was showing soccer. But then they put on one TV for some Americans that were there. Nobody else cares about the NFL there. I guess I could see that. Back when they had the World League. Right. It was the Rhine Fire. It was yeah. the Frankfurt Galaxy. It was the Berlin Thunder. So they had a bunch so they of, had teams a in of teams in Germany. They had the Barcelona Dragons. So Barcelona, Scottish Claymores, London, I believe, had their team. 
So, you know, that was your, okay, okay how are we going to distribute it and where are the team's going to be? That was where your teams were at. I even think of another German city had a team. Wow, so there, maybe that's why then. There was some popularity there, and they remember yeah. it. And they, they, the game there was, you know, I got to give the crowd in Germany credit. Uh, it was, That was the Tampa-Seattle game. And that yeah. was like a really enthusiastic, fun crowd for that game. Yeah. Let's uh, play a little Luke Getze here, Yurko. Last we saw Justin Fields before the bye against Green Bay. I mean, they lost, but he might have played his best game, and that sounds weird. Ah, he threw two picks in the fourth quarter. What are you talking about? Uh, he played really well. Last we saw him, he was playing well. And this was Getze when asked today, why did Fields have so much success, especially early on against Green Bay? Yeah, there was a lot of factors. I think, you know, I think Justin felt good. Um, I think, again, the continuing to grow through what we're doing, um, his ability to kind of manipulate protections when we need to. I thought the protection was better. Um, so that I think anytime you have a cleaner pocket, you have an opportunity to perform the task a little bit easier. Um, but I think, you know, the receivers did a nice job being where they were supposed to be when they were supposed to be. So it was just a little bit better execution maybe than, than, than we've had. Um, but it usually starts up front. Cleaner pocket, that helps, right? Uh, the O line is that the key to unlocking fields? Here's Getsy. No, I, I listen. I think it's. I say it all the time. It takes 11 people to perform everything. So I think that is a big part of it, and it always will be. Like the the line of scrimmage part of it is why we've been able to run the ball well. Um, but being able to protect in the pass game is the most important thing that you that you need to do. So like when you talk about developing a quarterback, like the first thing you do is you go through pass protections before you even talk about a, a pass play. You know, you got to be able to protect the quarterback first, and so. Yes, that's a huge element of why. And then, Yurik, I want to play one more about the O-line and about yeah. Alex Leatherwood. And, and Carm, this, this cut is more specifically, like, it's too long to explain in uh, cut form. So what the context here is Leatherwood. In, in seeing Leatherwood, okay. are they interested in his development over the final four games? Okay. And it's more of a, a statement that Getsy makes about trying to win games over development. Oh, God. You see what I'm saying? Oh, so, boy. Let's ahead. listen to this because I believe the – uh, final snap count uh, for Leatherwood was 10 uh, coming in for in and out for an injured Riley Reef. So he finally played a little. So there's the context, as Chris just said. Let's listen to Luke Getze. First off, we're always going to um, do what we feel gives us the best opportunity to win. That's kind of the first. Let's just start there. But obviously extremely interested to see uh, where he can go because I think he's a guy, right, who got here and had a slow start, then gets sick and um, – you know, but now he's. You, we've seen him get better each and every week. So yeah, I think the opportunities will continue to grow for him. Um, but we're never going to sacrifice somebody, one particular person's growth over what we feel like is best opportunity to win. And I, I got to imagine Ryan Poles is up there going, "Dude, play him. We 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 play him. We claimed him. We paid five point six million dollars in salary. Let's get him. Like, can we? Can we? Can we see? And I get coaches are saying, "Hey, we need. We're here to win games. That's our business." Ryan Poles' business right now maybe is a little bit different than Matt Eberflus's business and Luke Getzey's business. Just is. Coaches are never going to sacrifice games. Right. Ever. At some point, they've got to have confidence in Leatherwood to get out. That's there. what I mean. Well, I and see that's the, and it. that's the problem that we're. Yeah. That's the dilemma here. I'm not going to put a guy out there and he yeah. he makes a mistake. And Justin and Fields gets killed, killed and he gets hurt. Why in the hell was Leatherwood playing? That's the first question everybody's asking. That's the problem. You know he's not prepared. You spend every day with him. Why'd you put him on the field and risk the health uh, of your quarterback? That's the rub, Yerk. That's yeah. a great call. Oh, yeah. And, and it also makes you wonder, 
What is Alex Leatherwood not doing in practice to give them enough confidence to play him to see what they have? How much do you think, you know, you heard Luke Gassi say there, he got sick. It was mono. I've never had mono. Kissing disease. Well, that's what they used to call it. Do yeah. they still call it that? I, I think they still I, do. I think you get it from other ways than it's just one kissing. one way you can get it. Yeah. That's one way. It's no, the only way. Sharing drinks, you can get it that way. Oh, sure. I mean, um, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it could be spread. I yes. had it in high school. You did? Uh, yeah. Did it take, is it, does it take as long as they say to recover, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. I lost like 25 pounds. Whoa. Yeah. From you it. don't have 25 pounds to and lose. My spleen was so enlarged that if I didn't, uh, if I didn't catch it, I was running cross country at the time or, or being active, playing basketball. Uh, if I would have fell, my what? spleen would have ruptured. And I probably what? would have died. True Wait, story. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, like, I, th- a- I just thought I had a really bad sore throat slash strep. And eventually, like, it never got better. So I went in. They're like, no, you have mono. So and then I was out of school for, like, three weeks. So mono's no joke. Could, could Leatherwoods, could part of the problem be that Whatever they're not seeing is because he's still kind of trying to get back from an illness that is pretty serious. It could be. Yeah. I just wonder, like, they must have seen something, Yerk, to claim him. They must have, well, right? They, listen, they've probably seen him play in college where he's well, one I'm hell sure of a him. Yep. He played 16 games, so they probably took a look at him and said, all right, all we got to do is fix a couple of little flaws. Played all 17 they're, last year. They're, they're not fatal flaws, Carm, right? But there, there's some mistakes he's got in his game. But they can be fixed. So let's get him in here. Let's see if we can fix some of the mistakes that he makes. He played all 17 games last year. Yeah. He played 1,000 snaps last year. Yeah. And I got it, some info it, for you on Mono. Can't, can't get him on the field. Okay, go He's ahead. He's coming right here from, uh, you know. A WebMD. Uh, a WebMD. The, the most trusted situation. source. Infectious mononucleosis, Mono, also called the kissing disease. <laughs> the virus that causes Mono, Epstein-Barr virus. Really? Spread through the saliva. You can get it through kissing, but you can also get exposed sharing glass food table, food utensils, or someone else who has mono. Mono isn't as contagious as some infections, such as the common cold. I can report back. Yeah. Uh, at that time, I would have preferred to have gotten it through kissing. A yeah, girl, yeah but, you didn't uh, get it through kissing. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, sure. I was. You know, I was practicing kissing my hand. Yeah, he was practicing mm. kissing the pillow, and that You're was so it. beautiful, right. Mrs. Feast. Um. Eddie's on the north side on ESPN 1000. Hey, Eddie. Hey, boys. I think I'm going insane because this this like puckering up to Justin Fields is just blowing my mind. I've been on this earth for 53 years. For an example, Hoodie, talking about the New York Giants and Daniel Jones, right off the bat, oh, they're going to move on from him. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, move on from him? The guy's got 12 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's thrown for 2,500 yards. Justin has 13 touchdowns, a whopping 10 interceptions, and a whopping 1,800 yards, and he's the savior for the Bears. Well, and, uh, you- you can use your eyes, though. Who would you rather have, Justin Fields or Daniel Jones? I, hey, Carm, people talked about another guy in the Giants years past, and I know you heard it all the time, and they wanted him benched so many times. You know what he did? He won two Super Bowls against the best coach of all time. Talking about Eli. It, it, yeah, it, 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 it's the it factor when you're a quarterback. And I do not see that in Justin Fields. And what I'm saying is clutch down when the game is on the line that you can bring your team and score a touchdown 
to win a game. I don't care about this uh, video game running thing. Daniel Jones has almost 600 rushing yards, too. He can run. Five touchdowns. I I I don't know. Like Yurko pointed out yesterday, Eddie, Justin Fields did bring his team down uh, for a go-ahead score, and then didn't the kicker miss a kick, and the defense let the other team go down and score in the last minute of the game? Yes. You can't blame that on Justin Fields. Right. Uh, Well, we had talked about that's probably happened twice, where he's been able to lead a touchdown drive. They left a lot of time on the clock, and they ended up losing with the other team coming down and and scoring. I may be wrong. And in two years, Eddie, you could call back, and you could say, I told you guys, I will take Justin Fields over Daniel Jones Eight days a week. You? Uh, I have Eight days a week. I haven't considered Daniel Jones anything. The only thing I've thrown up there is when everybody uh, falsely started to claim if you redrafted the draft that Justin Fields would be number one. No, we still both like Trevor. Trevor I mean, that's Lawrence, what we're talking about. Though. I mean, like I, I, Daniel I, Jones. Again, though, you asked me a question I've never thought about. All right, okay. So the fact that I've never thought about that question would have to I'd have to sit with analysis. You're also talking about with a quarterback in his fourth year, with a quarterback in his second year. True. So to be fair, I'd rather be an apples apples comparison. Okay. You know, than doing the other thing. I'd rather go ahead and let's focus on what's really comparable. And when people started to throw the overlove in there for the ability and the the uh, the dynamics that were being displayed by Justin Fields because of what he was doing with the run, mm-hmm. to me, his interception that he threw against the Green Bay Packers and his willingness. To throw the ball to his receiver, the receiver not necessarily being what he needs to be, but his willingness to throw it, that to me was a sign of maturity. That to me was a sign. It resulted in a negative play, Mm -hmm. but his willingness to fire that football in there was like, thank God. That's what I said to myself. I clasped my hands together. I spoke in it like a a microphone, and I said, thank God that he was willing to do that. Because for me, that's an important step in development, being able to trust your receivers, being able to fire it. Now, it comes... To the point where you really can't trust your wide receiver there. Can't trust him. Can't tr- I can't trust St. Brown. So if he becomes tentative again, it's because of who he's trying to throw the ball to. And that's what bothers me. But that's the development. But if you're going to compare two quarterbacks, compare the two that he was drafted with. The five. He's the better five. than three of them. He's better than three he's of them. He's better than three of them. And he's chasing Trevor Lawrence. Yes. So for me, he'd be the second pick in the draft. Okay. And there's really not a discussion who number one is. Number one is clearly number one, period. I think Trevor's period. number one. Yeah. If you, if you think any other way, you're a fool. And I think Justin I'll tell you that right now. You're a fool. I think Mac might still have a chance to be right there with time, Justin neck and neck. But we'll see. Time. But we'll see. It's going to take time. Yeah. Maybe Mac For Jones. both of them. I want to see yeah. Mac a little bit more. I want to see more Justin Fields. But I've got Justin Fields above him. Not because he can throw the ball. No. But because he is a dynamic playmaker, whether you like it or not. And he can buy you extra time. And, and I don't think I want anything to do with Zach Wilson. I'll tell you that. Uh, coming up next, Yurko, you know what we got? McKnight at the movies. Let's see if we got another holiday movie locked and loaded. Your chance to win. We'll play coming up next. See what Carmen and Yurko are talking about on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago today. This is Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. McKnight at the movies. Connor McKnight recreates classic cinema on Carmen and Yurko. Only on ESPN Chicago. Every Thursday, Connor McKnight, McKnight at the Movies, brought to you by the Village of Elmwood Park. And today, someone's getting a gift card for Inari Sushi on North Avenue. We always talk about how it's Restaurant Row, and they've got all types of great cuisine. I mean, every place is great. I've never been to Inari Sushi. I've heard good things about it. Got to get in there one of these days. Always looking for good new sushi places. So someone wins a gift card 
to Inari Sushi. Thanks to them and the great folks at the Village of Elmwood Park. You're ready to do this? Yeah. Connor's gone. Uh, he's stuck with the, the holiday movie theme here the last couple of weeks, which we appreciate. Let's see what he's got cooking for today. Remember, uh, First Correct Caller is going to win the gift card to 312-332-3776 when you think you know it. And uh, here we go. Part one for today. Our scene opens with a woman at her wit's end. I mean, she's lost it, exasperated, angry. If you were just tuning in, you'd think this was a total Karen moment, but she's got a reason for this rant. The guy at the counter, this helpless, intimidated, nebbish guy at the counter, has nothing for her. He's mumbling some sort of solution, but it's inconvenient and not going to work. Behind her, a stranger approaches. Bigger guy, looks like a nice fella, bit of a dork, weird jacket. He's pulled this woman aside. She seems bewildered by the move, like it's the first bit of kindness she's received in some time. He's introduced himself now and thinks she should know who he is. She doesn't, and he's making a bit of a fool of himself. Mm, I don't know. It seems like if we're going with holiday movies, it's like some movie where Santa pulls a woman aside who's upset at a counter. I don't know. I um Anybody I have tw- a I have a guess. You have a guess? Yeah. You want to write it you down? Anybody in Twitch know it yet? Yeah, Twitch got it immediately. They got it immediately? Yeah, yeah. Twitch Twitch had it. Is it a holiday movie? Uh yes. Yeah. All right. I'm wrong. I'm not even writing it down. Right? I'll take the pen back yeah. and the paper Star back. Wars? You're going to write down Star Wars? Star Wars. <laughs> no. I'll tell you. I don't, you I don't know what I would think yeah. of? Jaws. Adventures of Burt Wonderstone. <laughs> I, I do love that movie, but... Because it's so it's bad, great. it's good. Steve Carell. Oh, my God. When they're in the box it's above Steve the Buscemi. strip. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ah. It's awesome. All right, here's part two. A bit on our actors. She's incredible. No perfect in nearly every comedy. A ridiculous career that just recently I got may it. have hit a high note. I got it. The guy is a man of the 80s, another Canadian, famously so, gone too soon. Duh. I got it. I got it now. The clue on the comedian when he said famous comedian, that's the giveaway right there. And now I can picture the scene. My bad that it even took that. You know what it is, Yerk? No, you're going to tell me. But I think I know who the two primary actors are. Ah! Yeah. The minute he talked about the actress, that's it. That's the giveaway. Here we go, part three. Back to the scene. This guy is just going on and on and on. It's his resume, kind of. Sad that it's a musical genre nobody cares about. The woman has reached the end of her rope, too. She manages somehow not to lose it on this guy, cuts him off, and asks what his point is. He and his buddies are headed west and happy to drop her off in the Windy City on their way to the good land. It's a long ride, but she's prepared to do whatever it takes to get back to her son, He's who this movie's about, by the way. The kid, he's defending the house from two bumbling thieves in a Yuletide 90s comedy. Brilliant. Brilliant. And Catherine O'Hara is certainly a national treasure. Let's see. Our winner <laughs> is... Uh, she's a national treasure for two countries because she's Canadian and American. Yes. Well, congratulations to her. She is the all-time best. Uh, Alex in Wheeling uh, is our winner. Alex, what's the movie? Home Alone? Yep, Home Alone. It's a top holiday movie of all time. Hold on, Alex. We'll get you the gift card. And here and that's is... And John Candy behind it. Exactly. And I love when he says, uh, he, you know, he, he thinks she should recognize him. You know, yeah. Polka, 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 yeah, King yeah. of the Midwest. Here we go. Here's the reveal. No, 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 no way. This is Christmas. The season of perpetual hope. Mammoth. And I don't care if I have to get out on your runway and hitchhike. If it costs me everything I own. If I have to sell my soul to the devil himself. I am going to get home to my son. Uh, ma'am, if there was anything at all I could do for do you it. today, 
do anything. Uh, I can get you a hotel room. You what? Can... Excuse me. Uh, can you excuse us for a second? Can I see you for a second, please? Excuse us. Okay. Couldn't help but hearing you you got a little bit of a dilemma there. We got a crisis ourselves. <laughs> Allow me to introduce myself. Gus Polinski. Gus Polinski. How are you? Polka King of the Midwest. <laughs> the, the Kenosha Kickers. Kenosha Kickers. Hi there. Uh, yeah. No? That's okay. I thought you might have recognized. Anyways, uh, I had a few hits a few years ago. Uh, that's why, I, you know, just polka, polka, polka. Polka, polka, polka. No? Hey, Twin Lakes polka. Tamahuji polka, a.k.a. Kiss Me Polka, Polka Twist. Well, these are songs. Yeah. Yeah, we some fairly big hits for us, you know, in the early 70s, you know. <laughs> yeah, we sold about 623 copies of that. In Chicago? No, Sheboygan. Very big in Sheboygan. They loved it, you know. I'm sorry, did you say you could help me? A anyway, I'm dead rambling on here. Our flight was canceled, so we got to drive. So, uh, see the guy in the yellow jacket over there by the budget sign? He's going to rent us a nice big uh, van, and we're going to drive to Milwaukee. Now, I heard you had some problems. You're uh, getting to Chicago to see your kid or something? Uh, my son, he... We left, and he... He's there. Oh, jeez. If you have to get to Chicago, we'll, we'll gladly drive you. It's on the way to Milwaukee. You'd give me a ride? Sure we will. Why not? You know, you got to get home and see your kid. A ride to Chicago? Sure. You know, it's Christmas time. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. You, you don't mind going with some polka bums? No, I'd love to. The best. We sold about 623 copies. The scene where yeah. they're in the truck it's and awesome. he's talking about leaving his kid at the funeral home. Awesome. One, it's completely ad-libbed. Is like that, that right? Oh, 100%. Most of his lines are ad-libbed. The entire polka scene, all the, the names he comes up with, completely ad-libbed. guy was a and master. And the scene in where she's, where Catherine O'Hara is trying her best not to laugh. Like, you watch it again. <laughs> she doesn't know what's coming, obviously, because it was all ad-libbed. And she... Is trying to keep it in so hard because she doesn't want to laugh. And he's talking about leaving this kid at a funeral. <laughs> he started talking again after about a year or so. I mean, it's just great. By the way, he wasn't the polka king of the Midwest. You know that, right? Who was? Eddie Blazonczyk. Oh, yeah, Eddie Blazonczyk. I've heard you mention he that is. before. Yes. Out of Chicago, born here in Chicago. Maybe Candy was channeling him. Lived in Candy Palos Heights. Him. Eddie Blazonczyk. There you go. Is the polka king of the Midwest That's by far. Fantastic. Yeah, there's no great. Or Lenny Gwumka in the Chicago Push. Oh, well, who could yeah. forget him? They sold about 685 copies of that. Uh, that. I think that would make my top five holiday movies of all time, Home Alone. I think it would. That's another hard list to window one. down. Number one? You think it's number one? James in Palatine wants to ask you guys about that. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to James since we're talking movies. Go ahead, James. Hey, what's up, y'all? Your favorite holiday movie is what? Man, so that's it. You wanted to ask that exact Favorite question. Favorite holiday movie. It's kind of tough to narrow it down to one. Die Hard's in mine. It is a holiday movie, even though... Uh, no, it's not. Yeah, no, it's it is. Not. It of is. Course. Number five. Don't be ridiculous. Uh, I got Home Alone at number... Oh, I'd probably put... Boy, It's a Wonderful Life for me. Awesome. Still old school classic. Scrooge would be up there for me. If I had to pick one, I'd probably say... Home Alone's there, though. One, two, one, two, one, two. It's there. I'd probably say Christmas Vacation or Christmas Story or Home Alone or I'd Die put, Hard. I, I put the new one out there, Violent Night. What, what's you yours, James? Yeah, I haven't seen it. What's yours, James? Mine personally is, oh, dear. Well, you didn't even think about it? Come on. You've been, you you called us. You, you know what? You've been thinking about it. I, you know, I, I got one. Okay, what is it? Elf. Elf is good. That's a good call. 
James, thanks, buddy, and happy holidays. I watch them all. I make a point of it during the holidays. I'm like, just carve out some time. Stay up late. Yeah, watch out. And that's Christmas story. They're yeah, on. well, everything's on demand now. You're watching Freeform. On. You're just all about Freeform this month. What's Freeform? Yeah, it's a, channel it's a show. channel that just they, runs they Christmas run the movies. Christmas. They do like the Wait, 40 what? days of Christmas. You have kids and you don't know what Freeform is? No, I mean, we yeah. just go on demand and get yeah. it. I don't know. Wow. He's on demand. Freeform. You're I progressive. Know. I don't even know what this is, this Freeform. But I, I, it's I, the old channel that used to be ABC Family. Oh, remember that channel back in the yeah, day? Yeah, I do remember that. I so they have like that. the 30 days of Christmas or the 25 days of Christmas or whatever I, it is? I just surf until I find a movie I like. Hey, speaking of Catherine O'Hara and TV shows that, you know, everybody said, oh, you got to you watch, you got to watch. And I'm glad that we actually did watch it. Schitt's Creek is hilarious. And it's because of her. You can say it. It's the name of the show. Uh, it's Ooh. hilarious because of her and Eugene Levy. That and show. Spelled, and it's spelled S-C-H. Yes. By the way. That show was worth every hilarious second. Every single one. It was awesome. And she, because she is just wickedly talented. She is fantastic. Talented. She is so funny. Yeah. Um, best in show I've seen with oh, her. It's Oh, my God. Come on. Good. There was a whole Eugene thing Levy. that people didn't, like, kids finding out, like Gen Zers, finding out that she's the mom from Home Alone. What? Oh, they, they didn't, didn't know, know that. that. They didn't know. Well, you like, don't you look mean at from faces? the TV show she or something? Looks, or? Yeah, no, they thought they just didn't They didn't put the two together. Yeah. They couldn't put it together. She she's such a tremendous actor. Treasure. Even though she looks the same, her acting is so phenomenal. People think she's a different person. She was also uh, spectacular in a couple of episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm, where I don't even know if you can get away with it these days. Everybody's so sensitive about everything. I mean, Larry David might not have cared and might have done it anyway. He would have done it. Probably would have, but she is spectacular. <laughs> in a couple of uh, episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. She's I'll have just you know, it's great. the comedian's responsibility to go to the nth degree. And, and it is, whether and you like it or not. She is just... David Chappelle. You know, everybody. Oh, yeah. It's he's, up to them. Really Bill Burr, it's up to them to go to the nth degree. Oh. That's what it's there for. Nobody is beyond ridicule ever when it comes to comedy. Remember that. It's they, their responsibility, they, Carmen. They've always been afforded a more license. Well, of course, sure. artistic burn. license, yeah. comedic license, Thank absolutely. Thank you for coming to Yurko's TED Talk. <laughs> That's right. Yurko's special TED Talk. The end of uh, 60 Minutes. Here's Yurko. His final thought. And why? You know, uh, here's what? my yeah. thoughts. Comedians are meant to make yeah. jokes. Why do people They're ridicule funny. comedians for yeah. being edgy? <laughs> That's either Andy Rooney or Yoda. It's one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> it's I don't do a good Andy Rooney. <laughs> but it did sound like Andy Rooney, Come, and then it morphed into Yoda. Coming up next, Todd Furman, live in Vegas. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Don't forget about our holiday fail contest. Another winner today coming up in about 20, 25 minutes. Send us your holiday fail stories on Twitter. Make sure you use the hashtag CJ Holiday Fail. That's CJ Holiday Fail on Twitter. And winner's going to get a $200 gift package from Omaha Steaks. How great is that? Some great games this weekend in the NFL. Let's talk about it. Plus, the bowl season starts. Our guy Todd Furman, live in Vegas with us each and every Thursday at this time. Check out his outstanding podcast with Payne Insider, the Bet the Board Pod, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Todd on Twitter at Todd Furman. How are you, buddy? 
I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you boys holding up? We're doing okay. Great, Bears great. come out of bye. Uh, when they had their little mini bye earlier in the year, they played arguably their best game, and they went in New England and won. They haven't won since, but they did well with that extra time. Can they do well enough going into Sunday, and can they catch the Eagles napping a little with this game sandwiched between road division games for the Eagles, including a big game against uh, the Cowboys in Big D on deck? I will say the spot makes a ton of sense and actually works in the Bears' favor, trying to figure out exactly what they can come up with to scheme opportunities against the Philadelphia defense that, in my opinion, still is a little bit vulnerable despite its recent levels of performance. Now, the problem for the Bears is I'm not sure what they can do defensively to provide much resistance for Jalen Hurts and this Philadelphia offense because in the last couple of weeks, We've seen Philadelphia go full-blown aerial attack in their win against the Tennessee Titans. We've seen them run the football to the tune of about 7,000 yards against the Green Bay Packers. And last week against the Giants, they went back to their basics and were pretty balanced in terms of establishing Miles Sanders, letting Jalen Hurts throw. So when I look at this game here, I mean, as easy as it is to say, the over makes some sense to me. I don't have a ton of wiggle room, though, as far as 48-and-a-half, 49. I do think these teams can get off to quick starts, though. We'll see if the Bears' offense has a wrinkle or two, maybe a trick play. But I think Philadelphia can score early. They can score often. And it's only if they build a big lead where they'll take their foot off the accelerator. So yeah. not a game that I've bet, not a game that I'm running to bet. Uh, but first half over would probably might be my favorite look for those folks so inclined. All right, it's a good little nugget there. The over, as we've talked about a lot in the Bears games, has been a great play here recently. Seven straight overs for the Bears and seven of the Eagles' last eight games have gone over the total as well. And the way this Bears defense is playing right now, I'm not sure they can stop anybody. So all of that makes a lot of sense. Tonight's game, to kick off Week 15, I was telling Yurko about an hour ago uh, the interesting nugget in this game, at least I think it is, uh, with San Fran going on the road uh, as a three-point favorite inside the division. It'll be Brock Purdy's first road test, and he's a little bit banged up. It's really their first true road game, Todd, since October 16th. I don't really count a road game in L.A. as a road game for the 49ers. You know it. I mean, that was like 75% Niner fans. They played a neutral site game against Arizona and Mexico City. To me, their last true road game was October 16th in Atlanta, a game in which they lost. Any handicapping angles with San Fran going uh, on the highway for the first time in quite some time tonight? I would definitely be skeptical of laying this number with San Francisco here. I know when you look at their current form, they've been outstanding, and that's largely because of how well their defense has performed. I mean, it's damn near impossible to score more than 17 points against them. They've held their last six opponents to 17 points or less for the first time since 1992. First in points per game allowed, first in yards per game, first in rushing yards per game. But there is a little bit to be concerned about, specifically with some of their defensive line depth. A couple of the key contributors that would normally be part of the second unit banged up. You're talking about a short week against a divisional foe. Let's see what they elect to do in terms of snap count there. You mentioned Brock Purdy, and I think people need to pump the brakes a little bit. It's still only his second start. Going to be a lot different going into hostile territory in one of the louder buildings you can play in in the NFL than what it was playing at home. There'll be significantly more pressure knowing that Seattle's feet are to the fire, not just in terms of preventing San Francisco from winning the division on their home field, but staying in the wild card race that's rapidly slipping away. Kenneth Walker coming back should only help Seattle at least provide a little bit more balance. But as far as making the most compelling gambling angle uh, on this game to try and invest in, I actually like Geno Smith completions over his prop number here. I think 
Seattle's going to have to find something in the passing game with their talented trio of receivers. I think Will Disley gets involved. Pete Carroll isn't dumb enough to try and bang his head into a brick wall. Mm. And I think he'll get Geno throwing early and often with a short, controlled passing game. I like some of his comments in the wake of their defeat last week against Carolina. He says, we just have to get back to simplifying what we do best. I can't be out there hunting the deep shots. And we know San Francisco will be more than happy if he's looking to throw downfield. All right, good angle. Todd Furman's our guest. The Bet the Board podcast at Todd Furman on Twitter. Big game Saturday night in Buffalo in Orchard Park. Bills is a seven-point favorite against the Dolphins. Uh, I won't uh, you know, make uh, an overreaction here and say, well, that's it. Everybody's figured out Tua in the Dolphins. Now, I do think... What the last two teams have done to them have given future defensive coordinators some interesting tape to look at and figure out maybe they can take some things away from two in this Dolphins offense in the middle of the field. But outside of that, I'll get back to a scheduling question. How tough of a spot is this for the Dolphins on Saturday night when you consider the travel involved, Todd? Oh, it's absolutely awful. And the NFL did them no favors whatsoever, flexing them to Sunday night football, meaning they have to fly back across the country, get home the wee hours of Monday morning, and have a short week to travel to western New York. What's interesting about this game is you want to talk about a disparity. The first meeting between these two teams was played in 90-plus degree weather in Miami. We knew Buffalo ran 90 plays, and suddenly we're talking about this game being played in sub-30. So it's rare even in the division you get a 60-degree separation between the first and second meeting. And you mentioned to us some of his struggles. It is a limited sample size, but it does raise some concerns with the worst completion percentage in the NFL over the last two weeks. He's faced zone 90% of the time, which is the second highest rate in the league, and a too high safety look behind that more than 60% of the time, which tells me teams are going to make the Dolphins be methodical, try and take away some of the big plays, and it's up to Mike McDaniel to get Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill to work underneath. Waddell has kind of been an afterthought over the last couple of weeks, and the concern here with Miami is that if Tyreek Hill isn't 100%, where can you go for a secondary pitch, knowing this team hasn't been able to run the football? But you did see some money coming on Miami. Seven and a half turned into sevens. And I think a lot of that is because this game projects to be a little bit lower scoring with the weather playing a role. But what's been crazy about that as well, guys, 47 and a half is where this total opened. Got as low as 41 and a half. And that's where betters decided, you know what, that's a little bit too low. We'll see how the lake effect can potentially impact the game Sunday night. This is going to be a fascinating one to watch. And probably I'd be more inclined to tease Buffalo down into that minus one range mm. than I would be to bet them straight or back the Dolphins here plus the seven. Get them through that key there you go uh lions jets is an interesting game who knew but it certainly is lions are a great story but certainly much better at home than they are on the road uh how much does that play into this weekend uh, and the fact that jared goff doesn't technically or, or, or usually i should say play quite as well against this type of defense that uh the jets are going to present to him on sunday afternoon yeah definitely the game i know york circled on his calendar oh, heading yeah. into the christmas holiday <laughs> that it was lions jets in week 15 that was going to be appointment television. But you mentioned, Carm, some of the struggles for the Lions on the road, and they're highlighted by Jared Goff, especially when he plays outside. Only two passing touchdowns on the highway this year, four interceptions compared to 20 passing touchdowns and three picks when he's playing at home. You look at how the Lions have performed. They're only scoring 18.4 points per game away from four field. And that includes that fourth quarter blowup against the Bears where they scored 21 points. I mean, the Bears did a great job of holding them at bay for the better part of three quarters until Justin Fields threw that pick six. Now they go up against the Jets defense. It's going to play a lot of man coverage. I think Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Chark, and company are going to find it tougher to find scenes against this Jets defense. But the reason that I haven't run to bet the Jets, I worry about Mike White and his ribs. We have case studies of how quarterbacks perform when they have rib injuries. They work at about 60 to 65% of their capacity. I mean, Justin Herbert, the perfect illustration earlier this year against Jacksonville, looked like a shell of himself. And if the Jets can't run against a suddenly stingy defensive
defensive line for the Lions, uh, it raises some red flags for me. So I like this game under the total a bit. The problem being is the best of the number has been taken out of the market, 47 down to 44 and a half. But that would be the way that I would look if I was trying to get involved here. Bowl season starts this weekend. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Troy was a small underdog to open another, a small favorite. It's an interesting matchup, uh, Texas, San Antonio, and Troy. I don't know if people realize both those teams have ripped off 10 straight victories. I get you could kind of nitpick some of their strength of schedule stuff, but Troy's defense seems to be pretty legit. Minus one and a half. I like Troy. Is that the right side? This is a game, honestly, that I think you know we would love to see earlier in the year between two group of five opponents. But I, if I had my wish, I'd prefer to see both of these teams playing teams from Power Five conferences that had opt-outs, and they'd be massive bets. Mm. Uh, instead, you have two teams doing battle here to try and keep those winning streaks intact. You mentioned the line move here, pretty modest through the zero, but I think the best unit going will be Troy on that defensive side. They had a lot of Power Five transfers. This is a group, in my opinion, that would be top four in the ACC and their current construct. And more importantly for the Trojans, they've showed significant balance as they've gotten into the latter half of Sunbelt play. John Summerall in his first season has been outstanding. Uh, but you look on the other side, Frank Harris going to be a fun player to watch for UTSA. I lean Troy in this particular spot. It'd be the only way for me to bet. Uh, but no doubt should be a great way to kick off bowl season. Unfortunately, I'm not sure how many folks are going to watch it at 2 o'clock Central yeah, Time on Friday <laughs> to really jumpstart the bowl season. It is goofy. You're right. All right. Any best bets for the weekend? So we'll go to the NFL uh, and look around there, and uh, it's the definition of the ugly duckling. I'll give it out now. I'm not sure how the injury reports will factor in our favor or against us, uh, but I have to take Tampa, plus the points against Cincinnati. I mean, this number, guys, on the surface, the Bengals closed a four-and-a-half-point favorite last week at home against the Browns. Now you're laying three-and-a-half on the road against Tampa. If the Bucks go out there and put forth an effort like we saw last week against the 49ers, you can stick a fork in them. I expect them to play with a sense of urgency and a little bit of pride. I don't expect Trey Hendrickson to be out there, which will make life a little bit easier for Tom Brady. And the Bengals' defense has taken on some water of late. I think the Bucks will have some success. Uh, and I like the Jacks, plus the points against yes. the Cowboys. Again, not the best of the number here, plus sixes were taken out. Uh, but Jacksonville team trending up, playing a little bit loose. Doug Peterson, some familiarity with the Cowboys. Uh, and don't look now, Jacksonville win coupled with a Tennessee Titans loss. And suddenly we could be discussing the Jags having a chance to crash the AFC playoff picture as Trevor Lawrence continues to show maturity and, more importantly, just isn't turning over the football. AFC South and NFC South are absolutely crazy. Uh, real quick, Argentina or France? You know what? Tough game. I would side with Messi here and Argentina finally breaking through. The interesting storyline, we'll see if Kareem Benzema factors into France's starting 11 or he's available off the bench. But this number is probably as tight as you're going to find at Pickham. I know it's scary to do, but it's typically been a moneymaker in the World Cup final. You're not going to enjoy the experience at 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Uh, but I'd like to go first half under a half a goal at plus $1.40. Not a big bet, but these typically have a feeling out process they're extremely cagey and the last time we saw argentina in a final of this magnitude against germany it ended one nil so small value bet a plus a dollar 40 under a half a goal in the first half sounds great buddy we appreciate it as always enjoy the weekend always a pleasure gents best of luck with all your wagers and to you as well yerk for that pivotal third place game yeah. with it, croatia against morocco on saturday thank Big you game. i appreciate that we'll see you todd there's todd Be Furman. Good. make sure you check out his podcast the bet the board podcast uh, every week, and you can follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. This is Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. See what we're up to. See them on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle's already down here causing trouble. He's also 
dining on the delectables. Since the Eagles are in town, our friends at Mojo's East Coast Eats out in Downer sent like a cornucopia. I, the minute I sat there, I must have had a minor vibe on it, Carm. I thought I saw Philly fans. I said Italian beef, cheesesteaks. The next thing you knew, we had sandwiches. They make great Philly steak sandwiches. Yeah, the provolone and the onions. Oh. It's just killer. One had the some cheese whiz. whiz on oh, it. the cheese oh, whiz. Man. So disappointed in the actual cheesesteaks we had in Philly. But uh, they said we went to the wrong place. Yeah. Like, you can't go to the touristy places. You can't yeah. go to Pat's. You can't go to Gino's. Nah. So we made that mistake. Made the mistake. They were terrible. They were awful. We got If we ever go back to Philly, and I don't and have any plans to go back to Philly anytime soon. I don't really like Philly. Um, they say you got to go to gyms. Gyms? Yeah. At least that's what I've heard. Yeah, you got to go to gyms. I think Philly Sid once. You all right? You got some burping uh, going dude, on? What's going a, on? I had some cheesesteak and I had Boy, some uh, some of this pastrami. It looks rough. Dude. I can already feel the heartburn. I'm a spicy boy, so I went for the Chipotle Unbelievable. option. Unbelievable. one man. of them. I oh can feel God. it, too. I can't help it. It's a good it. feeling. I mean, it's, so good. it's a good burn. Waddle devoured a half a sandwich. I know. And he's he knows he's going to make gonna, it till 2.30. Yeah, he knows he's, he's going to be in trouble. He's already saying he's going to have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> he said he should just go go to the commode and eat it there. He devoured it. Yeah. I mean, he came in, his eyes lit up. So He don't eat good. Now he's starting to eat a little gooder. Holy cow. Oh, gooder. my God. Uh, let's add a Marcelo in Portage Park. Marcelo, what's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh Denzel Washington, uh, training day. A phenomenal, no. yeah, but what about, what What, what specifically hey, uh, made you think of that? Yeah, it's not really a Christmas movie, it's, uh, it's more of a penny dropper. That's not a Christmas movie, is it? That doesn't take no. place at Christmas. Yeah, it's not really a Christmas movie, he said bro. It's but it's, you it's heard a, what he said. He said, he said it's a panty anyway, dropper. Uh, long story short, I want to talk to you guys, I, I, long time listener, first time caller, bro. Welcome Sorry, aboard. Nervous, well, welcome aboard. Thank you, man. Uh, Yurko, you're the funniest man you get me through my day, man. You need four hours, not two. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Don't tell the bosses. I work too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell Captain. They, uh, yeah. they need the scooters. They're uh, slot down. But uh, anyway, long story short, guys, I listen to you guys all day. I'm a FedEx driver. Um, Basically, the first four weeks, we were talking about Justin Fields, uh, man, uh, maybe uh, Iffy Whiffy. But now, man, we we got ourselves a quarterback, man. That's what I'm fucking proud I'm, of. I'm, I'm whoa, sorry. whoa, oh, good whoa, lord whoa. in heaven, Marcelo. First time caller, first time violator. Jeez, can't pop an f bomb on us here. I mean, I love the enthusiasm. Yeah, Marcello, that's great. This isn't unhinged. And yes, we all feel much better about Justin Fields today than we did the first four weeks of the season. Can we say that? Can oh. we get an amen, Carmen? Amen. Amen to that. I was looking. Yes. You know, let me see if I can bring up the stat real quick. Because I was in doing some research for another game, Yurko, I had a sample of games from, uh, I want to say week six. Let me see if I can find this for you real quick, okay? And I was like, whoa, something jumped out of the page. And I think it was week six through 14. So hold on. I'm going to do this for you real quick. Just give me a second. Bear with me. Yeah, take your time. Whatever you want to do. Let your fingers oh, yeah. do we got to do some holiday fails here, too, real quick. Adam, yeah. why don't you start reading those while I tease us, this stat out? Give us a little something so here. So you've got today. Obviously, we're going to read some entries today. And then tomorrow is your last day to enter to win the prize pack from Omaha Steaks. You can enter. Tweet us using the hashtag CJHolidayFail. And that is how you enter. You don't have to tag the guys or anything. Just use the hashtag, and we will find it. So here's uh, here's one of them. First Christmas at the in-laws and the wife volunteers. 
appeared to make me prime rib. I researched recipes, worried for weeks, found out Christmas Eve that my mother-in-law got a frozen Kroger brand roast that you just boil in a bag. And it was gross and slimy, and from now on, I bring my own meat to the party. Bag roast. Bag roast. That's pretty bag disgusting. <laughs> yeah. That's a fail. Uh, and here is I mean, an... I've seen something get yeah. roasted in parchment paper eventually, mm. but not a bag roast. Not a bag roast. No. Uh, this one says, we thought it would be a good idea to leave the dog alone on Christmas night to go to my sister's house. It oh, wasn't. Yeah. He broke through the front door. The cops came. We got a call from them at midnight saying that they were about to call animal control if we didn't come home. Oh, the my dog God. was trying to get himself a bone. Get the bone. The dog at home always Listen, gets the bone. if you're not going to give the dog a bone to chew on and keep it preoccupied, he's going to get he's, through what do, stuff. What do you guys think? I like the bone. I think the dog and the bone. I like the I dog. I just said I like the yeah, bone. The I dog. like the dog without give the, dog the, bone. the bone. I like the dog and the bone. I like the dog bone breaking in. through the front door, man. Yeah, I like, like Beethoven. That. That's, right. a, that's a that fail. Beethoven our, style. That's that a is fail. Our winner. You have one more day to enter. If you're listening to this on the podcast, tweet us right away. Uh, you Tomorrow is your last day to win that CJ Holiday prize pack from Omaha Steaks using the hashtag CJ Holiday Fail. Um, that, it's been a fun contest, and we appreciate the partnership with, uh, with Omaha Steaks. Don't forget, you could save 50% off site wide right now, Yurko. And. You can also use that promo code ESPN at checkout, and you can save $40, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, weeks 10 through 14, uh, here are your top five quarterbacks in EPA plus completion percentage over expectation. You ready? Yeah. This is weeks 10 through 14. Uh, you know, Justin didn't play in one of those games because they were had their bye, so, but th- that's okay. Here's the data. for th- Here's the sample. Jalen Hurts, number one. Patrick Mahomes, number two. This might surprise you, but not really, because they've played games at home. Jared Goff, number three. But again, he's just so much better home versus road. Justin Fields, four. Jimmy Garoppolo, five. Trevor Lawrence, six. I'll give you the top six. Justin Fields, fourth. In that time span, Mm -hmm. EPA plus completion percentage over expectation. That's really, really good. He's getting better. So to your point, leaps and bounds from where we were in the first four weeks of the season. I concur. Coming up next, we are going to cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie. Yurko's got the final word. We're back in two minutes. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final you word. Had to have a last word on Carmen and Yurko. Yeah. Well, what was the chess one last year? Queen's Gambit. Queen's awesome. Gambit. Awesome. I missed the first. I went back and, awesome. dude, I was hooked, lined, sinkered. It was, it was yes. great. 